once again says way.
cameras live in effect and I don't waste time on the mic with a dope rhyme. Jump to the rhythm, jump, jump to the rhythm, jump. And I'm here to combine beats and lyrics to make you shake your pants, take a chance. Come on and dance, guys, grab a girl, don't wait, make a twirl. It's your world and I'm just a squirrel. Trying to get a nut to move your butt to the dance floor. So yo, what's up? Hands in the air. Come on, say yeah. Everybody over here, everybody over there. The crowd is live and I'm Party people in the house, move. Let me say this, if you have not had your coffee yet, I certainly hope that music woke you up. Good morning to all of our listeners on Future FM 98.9 in the Bronx, Westchester, and Mount Vernon. And to our listeners around the world, logged on to QMZRadio.com and JohnNoRadio.com. Good morning. Of course, I have to say good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. It is Thursday, June 30th, Retro Thursday, hashtag TBT, Throwback Thursday. So we're taking it back, way back to the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee and Toe World News on the Go every Monday through Friday starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, on Instagram Moments with Me Media, and on YouTube Moments with Me Media. Like, share, subscribe, and turn on your notifications. Welcome once again to Coffee and Toe, World News on the Go. And here are the headlines we have coming up for you today. In an international news, Buckingham Palace finishes report on handling of Meghan bullying allegations. But 
won't say what's in it. Missing eight-year-old boy found alive after more than a week in sewers. Putin condemns NATO's imperial ambitions, warns Finland and Sweden. Protests over economic woes enter second day in Ghana. Prince Charles says time has come to confront legacy of slavery. In news out of North America, a woman pushing a baby stroller shot dead in Manhattan's Upper East Side. George Washington University will retain Clarence Thomas as a professor even amidst the protests. U.S. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer to step down today. The Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors voted to return ownership of Bruce's Beach to the descendants of Willa and Charles Bruce. But there are contingencies. In business and tech news, FCC Commissioner calls on Apple and Google to remove TikTok from their app stores. In health and science news, sleep duration matters for heart health, according to new recommendations. A new study finds that sleeping with the TV on could bring an early death. Wow. A new report suggests breastfeeding babies for at least two years. I think they're a little late with that one. The decision to overturn Roe versus Wade has led to a spike in the number of men scheduling vasectomies across the country that's pretty interesting in the caribbean corner out of jamaica a woman fined for out-of-season lobster gasoline diesel prices marginally down and a 58 year old mother and two sons charged after gun find at home in latin america fire kills 51 after apparent riot attempt at columbia prison we also have, believe it or not, news. Couple receives 25 years in prison for enslaving at least 42 people. California man says Ambien made him sexually assault a young girl during a Delta flight. Detroit mother facing slew of charges after blind three-year-old son was found in freezer. A Burger King employee in Las Vegas? Snub? Hmm. And in entertainment news, R. Kelly sentenced to 30 years in prison for federal racketeering and sex trafficking charges. iHeartMedia and Charlemagne the God will team up for the first ever Black Effect Podcast Festival. And Martin Lawrence says Martin Reboot is unlikely, suggests so a movie on Shanae's character. We're going to be back with the details after this music break. We take it back to the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Retro thursday hashtag tbt throwback thursday and let's go with a little vanilla ice ice baby yo vip let's kick it Collaborate and listen. Ice is back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow. To the extreme, I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. Dance. Crush the speaker that booms. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom. Deadly. When I play a dope melody, anything less than the best is a felony. Love it or leave it. You better gain weight. You better hit bulls out the kid don't play. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. Ice, 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 
I had to take it back. I this this song came out when I was in high school. All right, so now you know my age. And I'll glow to the extreme. I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. Dance. Caress the speaker that booms. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom. Deadly. When I play a dope melody, anything less than the best is a felony. Love it or leave it. You better gain weight. You better hit bulls out of kid. Don't play. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. I'm on a roll, it's time to go solo Rolling, hit my 5.0 Put my rag top down so my hair can blow The girlie's on standby, waiting just to say hi Did you stop? No, I just drove, I kept on Pursuing to the next stop I bust a left and I'm heading to the next block The block was dead, yo So I continue to A1A Girls were hot, wearing less than bikinis Rock men love us, driving Lamborghinis Jealous, cause I'm out getting mine Shade with the gauge and vanilla with the nine Ready the chumps on the wall, the chumps acting ill because they're full of eight ball. Gunshots ranged out like a bell. I grabbed my nine, all I heard was shells falling on the concrete real fast. Jumped in my car, slammed on the gas. Bumper to bumper, the avenue's packed. I'm trying to get away before the jack is jacked. Police on the scene, you know what I mean? They passed me up, could run it all the dope beans. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. Thank you to all our listeners tuned in on Future FM 98.9 in the Bronx, Westchester, and Mount Vernon. I'll be with you until the top of the hour. And thank you to all our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you're listening to Coffee in Tow, world news on the go every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m., to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. You're listening to Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby. It's hashtag TBT, throwback Thursday right here in Coffee and Toe. So it's Retro Thursday. We're taking it back to the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. And, you know, I used to know this song word for word. Of course, it came out when I was in high school. Now, I only know the chorus. Let us go ahead and get into the details, and we are starting off with international news. Buckingham Palace finishes report on handling of Meghan Markle's bullying allegations, but will not say what is in the report. And this is according to CNN World. Buckingham Palace has revealed that it has completed a review into the handling of the allegations that Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex, bullied royal staff but declined to share the results of the probe. Speaking at a news conference to discuss the royal household's annual financial statement, Michael Stevens, the official in charge of the Crown's finances, said that the private company hired to investigate the allegations had completed its work. Stevens said that several recommendations were made, but he did not reveal in any substantive detail the conclusions that were reached or recommendations that were put forward. 
As the review was privately funded, there was less pressure for the Crown to publish its findings. I can confirm, though, that it was a review of the handling of the allegations aimed at enabling the royal households to consider potential improvements to HR policies and procedures. Said Stevens, the review has been completed and recommendations on our policies and procedures have been taken forward, but we will not be commenting any further. A senior royal source said the palace is staying tight-lipped about the investigation to protect the anonymity of those who cooperated. We recognize that those people who participated in the review participated on the understanding that there would be confidentiality in those discussions with the independent legal firm, and therefore we have a duty to respect that confidentiality, the source said. The source also said the palace has made several policy changes in reviews of the aftermath, but declined to reveal them in detail. Huh. Looks as though there is a lot that they have to be ashamed of. And for that reason, they're going to remain tight-lipped. They already know they're under heavy scrutiny. They already know that they're losing their position as being the favorites globally. They're fully aware of what's going on. So they're going to protect themselves as best as they can. I would love to know what's on the recommendation list, though. And I'm sure you're all curious, too. A missing eight-year-old boy was found alive after more than a week in sewers, and this happened in Oldenburg, northwestern Germany. The boy, identified by authorities only as Joe, was reported missing on the afternoon of June 17. Joe was eventually rescued from the sewer system after a passerby in the local area heard noises coming from a manhole cover early on Saturday morning and alerted the emergency services, the Oldenburg Ammerland Police Department said in a statement on Tuesday. Joe was found just 1,000 feet from his home address and was taken to a nearby hospital where he was treated for hypothermia and dehydration. Police said they did not believe anyone else was involved in the incident. An initial police report described Joe as having a learning disability while the search was ongoing, they said he might misinterpret it as a game and continued hiding. Joe's surname has not been made public in accordance with Germany's privacy laws. Immediately after the rescue, investigators started scanning the drainage system for clues to how he disappeared. The authorities concluded Joe most likely climbed into a concrete drainage pipe while playing and then crawled into the sewer system through a canal and got lost after several meters. Investigators said that between the entrance to the drainage system and the place where Joe was found, there are drainage manhole shafts and junctions at regular intervals where he was able to stand up. Joe told police in an initial statement that he became increasingly disoriented while stuck in the sewers and was unable to find his way out. Must have been a scary experience for him. Eight days in the sewer system, nothing to eat, nothing to drink. Wow. Putin condemns NATO's imperial ambitions and warns Finland and Sweden. Russian President Vladimir Putin has condemned NATO's ambitions, accusing the military alliance of seeking to assert its supremacy through Ukraine conflict. 
The Russian leader also said on Wednesday that he would respond in kind if NATO deployed troops and infrastructure in Finland and Sweden after the two Nordic countries joined the military alliance. Putin made his comment a day after NATO member Turkey lifted its veto over the bid by Finland and Sweden to join the alliance when the three nations agreed to protect each other's security. Helsinki and Stockholm joining NATO marks one of the biggest shifts in European security in decades. With Sweden and Finland, we don't have the problems that we have with Ukraine. They want to join NATO? Go ahead, Putin told Russian state television after talks with regional leaders in the Central Asian ex-Soviet state of Turkey. Menistan, and I hope I got that one right. But they must understand there was no threat before. While now, if military contingents and infrastructure are deployed there, we will have to respond in kind and create the same threats for the territories from which threats towards us are created. That's what he said. Moscow's relations with Helsinki and Stockholm would inevitably sour over their NATO membership, he added. Everything was fine between us, but now there might be some tensions. There certainly will, Putin said. It's inevitable if there is a threat to us. And I think we all know that Putin does not make idle threats. He was very um, vocal. Um, emphatically vocal, I might add, when the whole, right before the whole um, invasion, well, let me correct that, according to Russia, it's a military operation, right? So he was very vocal. So clearly he is not one to be messed with. Now, yesterday, if we remember, we spoke about the U.S. um, (laughs) sending troops and weapons. And I said, it sounds like we're getting ready for World War III. And I couldn't understand why. And then we read a, a follow-up story, which was relative to Sweden and Finland becoming members of NATO. Well, here it goes. He's not to be played with. Is this what we really want? For things to get out of hand, for things to escalate. The world already has a myriad of problems we don't need anymore. I would be I would say to NATO and the US be careful because even though you have imposed sanctions economic sanctions with the hope that the Kremlin would be crippled and in crippling them that would mean they would not have the source the means by which to acquire more weaponry they're okay it seems they're doing just fine there's they still have their dough rolling in because they're pushing and they're they're not going to stop so i would say be very careful folks strategic be as strategic as possible and remember in dealing with russia it's like walking on an open minefield protests over economic woes enter a second day in ghana Demonstrators in Ghana's capital have gathered for a second day of protests against spiraling inflation and other economic woes 
after the first day ended in clashes with police and 29 arrests. Wednesday's protests kicked off at about noon amid a heavy police presence. Hundreds had taken to the streets on Tuesday to denounce price hikes, attacks on electronic payments and other levies amid an economic downturn. Police dispersed the authorized march with tear gas and water cannon after demonstrators turned violent and wounded a dozen officers, according to a statement. There were 29 arrests, and this is um, relative to demonstrators, and they were arrested for attacks and damage to public property and were reviewing footage of the event to identify more participants. A senior member of the local Arise Ghana lobby group that organized the protest, Sami Gyamfi, told Routers that police had agreed to provide security for demonstrations on the second day. Ghana, one of West Africa's largest economies and the continent's second biggest gold producer, saw growth slow to 3.3% year-on-year in the first quarter of 2022. And, like everybody else, inflation hit a record of 27.6% in May. Frustration has grown in recent months as Ghanaians bear the brunt of rampant inflation amid government efforts to redress the economy, reappreciate the local currency, and avoid a debt crisis. The tax on electronic payments approved in April and presented as a solution to Ghana's financial woes was particularly ill-received, with critics saying it unfairly affects low-income people and small business owners. Last August, citizens also took to the streets in a protest demanding accountability and good governance. The protests went viral on social media under the hashtag #FixTheCountry which is being used again for this week's demonstrations. One thing I can say in third world countries, once we start protesting, we get things done. That's when they usually listen. Doesn't really work much here. Takes a while. Don't know if it would be effective here in the U.S. Don't know. Probably worth a try. Not instigating anything. Don't want nobody going to jail. Just say. But it seems to work in third world countries. You know, we need to understand the psychology behind it as it relates to the government and how they respond, right? So, interestingly, Prince Charles says time has come to confront a legacy of slavery. And this comes courtesy of CNN World. Better late than never. That was the general reaction to Prince Charles's opening speech at the Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting in Kigali on Friday. The prince will succeed his mother as head of the organization, an association of independent states that emerged out of the ashes of the British Empire. That empire will forever be associated with slavery, and Prince Charles made it clear in his opening remarks that he wants to change the status quo and begin a dialogue about it. While we strive together for peace, prosperity, and democracy, I want to acknowledge that the roots of our contemporary association run deep into the most painful period in our history. That's what he told delegates. He also went on to say, I cannot describe the depths of my personal sorrow at the suffering of so many as I continue to deepen my own understanding of slavery's enduring impact. Those delegates coming out after the speech appeared moved and were heartened by the prince's words. A more resounding sorry would have suited some better, 
But that would open the way, as we know, for reparation claims, and that's a government issue, not one for the monarchy. Charles said the Commonwealth needs to find new ways to acknowledge our past. Quite simply, this is a conversation whose time has come. Your Excellences, conversations start with listening. Yusuf Keketoma, and I hope I got that one right, Sandy, was part of the Sierra Leone delegation. Tens of thousands of Africans were kidnapped and brought to Sierra Leone to be traded and put on slave ships bound for the Americas. It later became a British colony. He told us, slavery has not been part of the conversation. So the fact that we have the prince today talking about slavery and to see how we want to start that conversation Sierra Leone is looking forward to that, and we hope that when it starts, he will pay a visit to Sierra Leone and go and see some of the scars left in Sierra Leone. There are still countries that have uh, Queen Elizabeth II as head of state. Barbados only replaced her with a locally appointed president last year. The Prime Minister of Jamaica voiced the desire to do the same a few months ago. In Kigali, Charles made clear he would not stand in the way of countries cutting ties with the monarchy. He said, The Commonwealth contains within it countries that have had constitutional relationships with my family, some that continue to do so, and increasingly those that have had none. I want to say clearly, as I have said before, that each member's constitutional arrangement as republic or monarchy is purely a matter for each member country to decide. The scars of slavery run deep across the planet. It couldn't be a more sensitive subject. Royals may have shied away from it in the past, but Prince Charles now wants to talk about it, and he wants the Commonwealth to be the platform. He wants to be part of the solution instead of a symbol of the problem. But I do ask this question, Prince Charles, how are you going to be a part of the solution if you're going to separate yourself and say it's a government issue and not an issue of the monarchy as far as reparation claims go? Because quite frankly, if you do your history, the real history, Prince Charles, and hear the truth and not the um, Cinderella fairy tale that they pass on to you, hear the truth. It is the monarchy that went around the world finding new worlds, claiming lands, and imposing the atrocities. So there is no separation. You can't do that. The monarchy is just as responsible, if not more so, in my opinion, as far as reparation claims go. And that's my two cents on that matter. <laughs> Everybody wants to say sorry in some way, shape, or fashion, but not say sorry because they know that the outright word is going to lead to other things. What's the problem? You're afraid of losing the luxury? You're afraid that um, certain benefits will be removed from you? Access denied? No. You enjoyed, your family enjoyed over 400 years of it, if not more. So, it's okay. Let go. And it's quite interesting that <laughs> they would say, um, hold on, let me go back up in the article because 
Charles said the Commonwealth needs to find new ways to acknowledge our past. Conversations start with listening. So nobody was interested in listening before. He also says, I cannot describe the depth of my personal sorrow at the suffering of so many as I continue to deepen my own understanding of slavery's enduring impact. So clearly, in the monarchy, as generations passed down, it was not a topic of conversation. It was simply, they are goods and products. That's how they looked at slaves. Yeah. Property. Not as human beings. And that is why they don't understand the impact. And only now in 2022, he wants to have a deepening understanding. What did they teach you in school, Prince Charles? <laughs> it is time for us to take another music break. Those were our international stories. When we return, we have our stories out of North America. Here is uh, Bust a Move. Young MC, see if you remember this one. Fellas, try to do what those ladies tell us. Get shot down cause you're overzealous. Play hard to get females, get jealous. Okay, smarty, go to a party. Girls are scantily clad, are showing body. A chick walks by, you wish she could sex her, but you're standing on the wall like you was Poindexter. Next day's function, high class luncheon. Food is served in your stone cold munching. Music comes on, people start to dance, but then you ate so much, you nearly split your pants. A girl starts walking, guys start gawking, sits down next to you and starts talking. Says she wanna dance cause she likes the groove. So come on, fat so and just bust the move. Showing body, a chick walks by, you wish you could sex her, but you're standing on the wall like you was Poindexter. Next day's function, high class luncheon, food is served in your stone cold munching. Music comes on, people start to dance, but then you ate so much, you nearly split your pants. A girl starts walking, guys start gawking, sits down next to you and starts talking. Says she wanna dance cause she likes to groove, so come on, fat so and just bust the move. Someone could cure your lonely condition Looking for love in all the wrong places No fine girls, just ugly faces From frustration, first inclination Is to become a monk and leave the situation But every dark tunnel has a light of hope So don't hang yourself with a celibate rope New movies showing, so you're going Could care less about the five you're blowing Theater gets dark just to start the show Then you spot a fine woman sitting in your row She's dressed in yellow, she says hello Come sit next to me, you fine fellow You run over there without a second to lose And what comes next? Hey, bust In the 
city, ladies look pretty. Guys tell jokes so they can seem witty. Tell a funny joke just to get some play. Then you try to make a move and she says no way. Girls are faking, goodness saking. They want a man who brings home the bacon. Got no money and you got no car, then you got no woman. And there you are. Some girls are sadistic, materialistic. Looking for a man makes them opportunistic. The lion on the beach perpetrating a tan so that a brother with money can be their man. So on the beach you're strolling, real high rolling. Everything you have is yours and not stolen. A girl runs up with something to prove, so don't just stand there bust the move. Thank you to all our listeners tuned in on Future FM 98.9 in the Bronx, Westchester, and Mount Vernon. And of course, thank you to all our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, JohnNoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you're listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m., to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, on Instagram, Moments with Me Media, and on YouTube, Moments with Me Media. And the me is MI. Like, share, subscribe, and turn on your notifications. It is hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday, so it's Retro Thursdays. Music from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. So she wings back and now you're feeling really firm Cause the girl is stacked Receptions jumping, bases pumping Look at the girl and your heart starts stumping Says she wanna dance to a different groove Now you don't want to do G bust the move And now it's time for stories out of North America. Thank you once again for being here with me. Woman pushing a baby stroller shot dead in Manhattan's Upper East Side. A woman pushing a baby in a stroller was shot in the head at close range and killed in Manhattan Wednesday night, police said. The three-month-old baby was unharmed and the relationship between the 20-year-old woman and the baby was unclear. Wednesday, police told CNN. The shooting happened just after 8.20 p.m. in Manhattan's Upper East Side. Authorities are searching for a suspect. A woman is pushing a baby carriage down the block and is shot in point-blank range. It just shows how national problems are impacting families. This is according to New York City Mayor Eric Adams during a news conference. It doesn't matter where you are if you're on the Upper East Side or East New York, Brooklyn. The shooting came hours after New York Governor Kathy Hochul announced a legislation package aimed at tightening gun laws in the state. The Democratic governor's move is in response to the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling last week that struck down a century-old New York state gun law that placed restrictions on carrying a concealed handgun outside the home. That's execution. That was intentional. She was a target, quite frankly. This was nothing um, out of the blue. For her to be shot in the head, she was intended yeah, to be a victim not sure if she 
is the um, reason, the direct reason for this. Or if it's a matter, as we say in Jamaica, if you can't catch quark or you catch him shot, meaning if you can't get a hold of the person you're really after, you get a hold of the person closest to them. And I'm sure they're going to reveal more. We're not, we're not sure if it's her child. And this is truly unfortunate. Thankfully, the baby is unharmed, thankfully. But this is so sad. I don't know um, if you can tie it to... What I'm getting here is that they're trying to tie it to the, the whole gun law issue and the tightening of it and blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's it. When some people have a mission... No matter what, whether the gun laws are loose or stringent, they're going to carry out their act one way or another. What we need to speak to is people's being, or people, sorry, being able to rationalize. Common sense. Exercise self-control. And I can guarantee you, the person who pulled the trigger was doing it on behalf of someone else. Usually the case. So you're going to, if you're caught, you're going to go down for something for somebody else. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? Good morning. Good morning, Javette. I, I agree with you. It, it, it seems suspect. It seems suspect. Yeah. Yeah. This was, um, yeah. They knew the whereabouts. They knew the movements. She was targeted for a reason, the reason we are yet to find out. So Georgia University has decided to stand by U.S. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, despite protests from students calling for his termination. In addition to his role on the court, Thomas is an adjunct professor at the university where he teaches a constitutional law seminar at its law school. Citing Thomas's concurring opinion in overturning Roe versus Wade, as well as his, as his wife's role in the effort to overturn the 2020 electoral result, and his stated desire to revisit decisions concerning same-sex marriage and contraception, more than 7,000 people have signed a petition calling for his termination. Judge Thomas is actively making life unsafe for thousands of students on our campus, not to mention thousands of campuses across the country. Provost Christopher Allen Bracey and GW Law Dean Dana Bowen-Matthew addressed the petition on Tuesday in a campus-wide email obtained by CNN, confirming that the university has received termination requests from some members of the university and external communities. Referencing the university's academic freedom guidelines, Bracey and Matthew wrote that Thomas would not be let go. Justice Thomas has been a consistent critic of the court's legal philosophy, philosophy sorry, on substantive due process for many years. Because we steadfastly support the robust exchange of ideas and deliberation, and because debate is an essential part of our university's academic and educational mission to train future leaders who are prepared to address the world's most urgent problems, the university will neither terminate Justice Thomas's employment nor cancel his class in response to his legal opinions. The university did not immediately respond to CNN's request for further comment. 
Meanwhile, some student groups are calling for people to continue emailing Matthew to protest Thomas's retention. It is not acceptable for Judge Thomas to be teaching students who he does not respect and does not believe have the same rights as straight people or the minority of men on campus. John Kay, who created the petition and is a student at GW. This was said in an interview with CNN affiliate WUSA. This is not about ideological agreement. It's about a teacher having respect for his students. I'll say this. Judge Thomas is entitled to his opinion, whether we want to agree with it, yes or no, right? We, we are all entitled to our opinions and we all want to air our opinions and, you know, that's just how we are. Now, you don't agree with him being at the university? I can understand that too, because there's a conflict. Your, the, your um, beliefs doesn't pair up with the very students that you're going to stand in front of. And no doubt, as hard as you may try, you are going to have a conversation. The conversation is going to come up. A student is going to raise it in the class. You can't avoid it, and then you're going to be imparting your views again, right? Um, what I would say to the students is if you want him <laughs> to be affected by your, your beliefs now, and these, these are the beliefs of the students and your feelings because your feelings matter, withdraw from his class. Because if there is no class for him to teach, what's the university going to do with him? They'll probably have him head up a department, but he's an adjunct. So that wouldn't make sense. And of course, his primary job is to sit on the um, Supreme Court. So if the protests are ineffective, if the emails are ineffective, if the petition is, is ineffective, the next best thing. Everybody withdraws from his class. Nobody takes his class except probably one or two who may be in agreement with his beliefs. It says, that's how I look at it. Others might say it's not as simple as we think. I want to believe also that a lot of the students um, who attend George Washington University, their parents are well-to-do. So um, if their parents fund the school, that's another way. Withdraw funding. If your parents are in agreement, because um, I'm going to tell you this. There are a lot of parents and ch children who don't see eye to eye on a lot of issues. A lot of parents are conservative and their children are liberals. But I think there are other measures. Don't, don't call for him to be um, fired or for, ask him to resign. No, let him stay there. There are other ways to get it done. My thoughts. They need to go to our next school. That too. They can't get their feelings involved in, 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 in these things. And, you know, everything is up for debate. Uh, what did, what, I, I guess he teach law or something there or whatever, but like, you know, his personal views have nothing to do with the job that he's doing. So they need to sit this one out. What they're doing is foolishness. That's, that's just my opinion. Even though I don't agree with what um, his stance, um, they don't have a stance on this. It's foolishness, right. plain foolishness. Yeah. There are other ways, there, what they say, there are a million ways to skin a cat, right? 10,000 ways to skin a cat. 
So if someone do agree with your stance on something, you lose your job. No. If someone do, a, you, you know, you can't go to, you can't do anything if you have a different opinion. That's 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 the precedent that um, this would set foolishness. So he and he is rightly entitled to his opinion. He is. We all have different opinions. All of us can't see eye to eye on everything. But I don't I'm not going to say remove him from the school. I'm not going to say that. You don't like what he has to say. There are other things you can do. Find a different professor. It's that simple. People do it all the time. They, when I was in college, people didn't like certain professors. They, they removed themselves. They felt the professor was picking on them. They would feel that the professor was um, grading their paper unfairly. They removed themselves. And I would say, quite frankly, stand up in that classroom and challenge him there because you have to know how to be able to debate in life, right? You have to know how to agree to disagree. You have to know how to coexist and who to tell. You may be able to teach him something. He doesn't know everything. We are all in a vacuum, in our own vacuums to some degree. But we have to be willing to share our perspectives, our opinions, and be able to have conversation and deliberate. My two cents again. I know someone opened their mic. Go right ahead. Uh, good morning. Good morning, naturalist. I think Thomas is getting a pass because he's a black conservative. Uh, you could, if you could name any other person where their wife was involved in an insurrection, uh, he has had so many um, things that he, he, he has said that really uh, pissed people off and even in, got, got himself involved in. I don't think there would still be, probably even on the court, much less still be a, a professor at, at the university. So, I absolutely think he's um he's gonna pass. And uh, you know, we, we hope we won't see black um faces uh in high places. We hope that, you know, our kids can look at them and say, you know what, oh my gosh, uh they're there so one day, you know, and guess what? There there's hope for me to actually achieve that. I I, I personally don't know any black person that Thomas uh I've been an inspiration to. Uh I don't know any. So mm-hmm. I think I think he, he got a pass. He got a pass with the Anita Hill thing, and uh, he be getting a pass all this time, and he continue to get passes. And I think it's all because he's black and people are afraid. Wow! Yeah, yeah. I would love to be a fly on the wall in his room, in his house, to hear his conversations. I'd love to be that person. Yeah. Now nah, you'll be you be a dead fly. You'll <laughs> 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 be free. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes, you are absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So <laughs> But um yeah, there are different ways to do about go about doing things. And just as we say here or I try to encourage here difference of opinion, differing perspectives. It's important because that's how we grow. That's how we shape our own thoughts as well right and as i always say we don't have to agree but we can coexist agree to disagree and keep it moving all right the supreme uh the u.s supreme court justice stephen breyer to step down on thursday u.s supreme court justice breyer will step down today 
setting the stage for Ketanji Brown-Jackson to start her tenure as the first black woman on the top court. Breyer, who had announced his retirement in January, sent a letter to President Joe Biden on Wednesday confirming that he will leave the high court as its current term ends on Thursday. The court has announced that uh, today, beginning at 10 a.m., it will hand down all remaining opinions ready during this term. Accordingly, my retirement from active service will be effective on Thursday, June 30, 2022, at noon, he wrote. It has been my great honor to participate as a judge in the effort to maintain our Constitution and the rule of law. The 83-year-old liberal justice was appointed to the top court in 1994 by then-Democratic President Bill Clinton. His departure comes at a time when the Supreme Court's conservative majority has been handing down rulings favoring right-wing positions, including expanding religious rights and revoking the constitutional right to abortion. In his letter to Biden, Breyer said he understands that Jackson is prepared to take the prescribed oaths to begin her service as the 116th member of this court. The court's next term is set to start early in October. The Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors voted to return ownership of Bruce's Beach to the descendants of, descendants of Willa and Charles Bruce. We're going to talk about that when we return from this music break. Thank you to all our listeners who tuned into Coffee and Toe on Future FM 98.9 in the Bronx, Westchester, and Mount Vernon. This is Moments with me signing off. It is almost the top of the hour, two minutes to go. And I'll see you all next week, Thursday, right here again, 9 a.m. Eastern on Future FM 98.9. I invite you to continue listening on QMZRadio.com or JohnNoRadio.com. Come on over, join us there. Follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments and Instagram Moments with Me Media. Also on YouTube, Moments with Me Media. Click, like, click that, you know, like button, share button, and click on that notification bell. Hope we were able to get your Thursday off to a good start. If you're not awake, if coffee's not helping, I certainly hope the music helped. Thank you once again for tuning in.
Thank you to all our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me. You're listening to Coffee and Toe World News on the go every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments on Instagram Moments with Me Media and on YouTube Moments with Me Media. Like, share, subscribe, and turn on your notifications. It is hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday, so for us it's Retro Thursday, and we're taking it back to the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. You're listening to the sounds of Black Box. Strike it up. So there is one story we did not get to complete in the um, U.S. section, and I am going to go let us go back to that. And um, it's the story about the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors. They voted to return ownership of um, Bruce's Beach to the descendants of Willa and Charles Bruce. According to KTLA 5 News, the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors voted today to return, well, that was yesterday, to return ownership of Bruce's Beach to the descendants of Willa and Charles Bruce. They built a resort for African Americans, but were stripped of the land in the 1920s. As was previously reported in October, California Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill that returned the property to the couple's descendants. The board voted 5-0 on a motion. Reports also show the transfer includes an agreement for the property to be leased back to the county for 24 months with an annual rent of $413,000, as well as all operation and maintenance costs and the county's right to purchase the land for up to $20 million. So are you really giving it back to them? Or are you giving it back to them with contingencies? I don't agree with the $413,000 a year rent for two years. I think it should be more, my opinion. 
the right, the county's right to purchase the land. And then your right to purchase the land for up to $20 million. Okay, what year are we in? Huh? What year are we in? 2022. You've had the land since when? 1920, right? You've had the land for 102 years. 102 years. And if you have a right to purchase, you're thinking that 20 million is sufficient? Really? Is that fair? If you were the Bruce family, would you sit down and say yes? That's okay? Or would you fight for more? Would you fight for more in the annual rent? And would you fight for more than the right to purchase price tag of $20 million? To me, go right ahead, go right ahead. My question is, when they say the right to purchase, that doesn't mean that you have to sell it. That's just an assumption, but I don't really know. Okay, so you know I'm going to go to Google, thinking. right? <laughs> oh, let me jump on Google here. Hmm. Okay. A right of first refusal. That's the other word for it. Okay, let me go down here. Uh, yeah, a right of first refusal. So is also a legal agreement recognized, and I'm quoting based on Florida law, is also a legal agreement recognized under Florida law. Here it is a contract where a right to buy a piece of property is held by a specific party should the owner decide to sell. The party holding the power will have the right to purchase that real estate before any third party can buy it. <laughs> yeah that that's kind of what i thought because i was thinking in like when you purchase a home i've heard that terminology before mm -hmm. so they they unfortunately will get the first right and they've already decided how much they're going to purchase it for but if the family don't want to sell it mm, you know, I don't know how many people are left in the family. Do you need a stretch of beach? You know, <laughs> if I don't need a stretch of beach, you know, I don't know. It's 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 just a hard thing to even think about. Like you said, after a hundred and some odd years. Yeah. Yes, Javette. It's trickery. I, I agree with you, Orange. It is trickery. It is trickery. And then you're leasing the land for two years, 24 months, at $413,000 a year. I thought, when I was reading the article, I was hoping to hear per month, at least, for the next two years. And the audacity to propose a $20 million price tag on something that I'm sure, a piece of land that I, I can guarantee you if I put my valuation hat on, my appraiser's hat on, it is valued at way more than that. So it's another way to stick it to them. In my opinion, it's adding insult to injury. I'm just saying. It would have been better if they did not disclose the dollar figure that they are willing to pay up to. No more. 
And they know the land is valuable. They know it. Where is my map? I need to pull up a map of California and see exactly where it's located. But yeah. And I understand business. Don't get me wrong. I understand business. You always want to pay the lowest price possible, especially when it comes to real estate. And if you're thinking about development, you're always going to try to acquire a piece of land for the lowest possible price. And I know that people will have valuators come out, appraisers come out, surveyors come out, and there is a meeting, and you try to see how you can undervalue the property as much as possible for your own benefit. It happens in real estate. It's not something that's a secret. It's done. It's the way they haggle. Kind of like when you go to the market and you haggle with the, the vendor to bring the price per pound down, they do it in real estate too. And I think that's what happened here. So I, if the family pushes back, what I see them saying is, well, this is the report that we got done and this is the value of the land. And I would hope that the family can get an independent evaluation done so they can do a comparison. That would be fair to them, in my opinion. Just me. Yeah, that's how I look at it. But you know what? It's time for business news. FCC commissioner calls on Apple and Google to remove TikTok from their app stores, and this is courtesy of CNN Business. A member of the Federal Communications Commission is renewing calls for Apple and Google to remove TikTok from their app stores, citing national security concerns surrounding TikTok's Chinese-based parent company, ByteDance. In a June 24 letter to the CEOs of Apple and Google, FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr described ByteDance as a beholden to the Chinese government and required by law to comply with Chinese government surveillance demands. Citing a recent BuzzFeed news report that ByteDance's Chinese staff had accessed U.S. TikTok users' data on multiple occasions, Carr said the allegations showed how TikTok is out of compliance with the policies that both of your companies require every app to adhere to. Apple and Google did not immediately respond to a request for comment. In a statement, TikTok called the BuzzFeed report misleading. Like many global companies, TikTok has engineering teams around the world, TikTok said. We employ access controls like encryption and security monitoring to secure user data. And the access approval process is overseen by our U.S.-based security team. TikTok has consistently maintained that our engineers in locations outside of the U.S., including China, can be granted access to U.S. user data on an as-needed basis under those strict controls. In a statement, BuzzFeed News said it stands categorically behind our reporting that U.S. user data was accessed by China-based TikTok employees far more frequently than previously known. And we're glad that TikTok even confirmed this in its own statement. For years, U.S. officials have expressed concerns that Chinese government access to U.S. users' data or communications 
could put national security at risk. But whether Carr's plea will work is uncertain. The FCC plays no role in regulating Internet-based services such as app stores. And prior efforts by the U.S. government to ban TikTok from U.S. app stores have faltered amid court challenges. Decisions about how and whether the FCC should act would require buy-in from Chairwoman Jessica Rosenworcel, who leads the independent federal agency. I think this whole issue started when um, Trump was in office. Wasn't that the case where he wanted um, to get rid of TikTok out of the U.S.? For the same reasons, security reasons. But I'm here thinking, I guess I don't, you know what? I am very ignorant when it comes to TikTok. In the sense that I look at it as a platform where people just have fun and share knowledge. You know, because I've learned a lot from TikTok. Believe you me, little hacks, little tricks, you know. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know this all this time. Yeah. And it's entertainment for me. I, I Comedy, you know, I, I like watching the various things. So I just look at it as an entertainment platform. And um, how much information do you really give TikTok that China would be able to use it against the U.S.? I don't know. Morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning, James. Yeah, so, so, yeah, remember, like, in the Donald Trump um, presidency, one of the stuff that he, he spoke about, which I think a lot of people miss, which probably was one of the, the most brilliant things that he has said or, or, or talked about in his presidency, <laughs> is, is the whole idea of, you know, building, um, uh, uh, extending, like, a part of the, the, the army, to, to do cyber like out of space because he was saying like that's like the new frontier that's where countries are going to be attacking countries in the future and yep it it, it I don't know if it was his idea but it's brilliant because one of the things why I said like the whole Elon Musk thing he's not he's not after um Twitter because he's like some big social media fan you know he's after it for a reason because if you realize Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, like these social network, they, they pass boundaries all over, all, all over the world. They are in China, they are in India, they are in Russia, they are all over the place. And government can tap in and get information on people. And like, I feel that even like, you know, the scammers get their information from these social media. Like, because... Yeah, the internet is a dangerous place because, as we know, like you're on the phone, you 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 certain things pop up and 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 you click on it, and all of a sudden you're targeted. So yeah, um, it's 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 a dangerous place to be nowadays, like out there, and that's one of the reasons why I said like Elon Musk acquiring um, Twitter could be like a dangerous thing. The way that he is turning out to be like almost like a Trump-like figure, like very controversial, very multi, like he's involved in everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think it's going to be a, like the new battleground. Mm, interesting. All right. And, and Yeah, and the thing too, like America, remember like anything like America say like, oh, they're worried about China. 
China is worried about the same thing with them because yeah. China can easily get information on on face from Facebook um, from people in Russia, from people in in in, in China and India. So it's it's the same thing. Anything the Americans accuse the Chinese of, the Chinese will turn back and and say you guys can do the exact same thing too. Right. Thank you, James. Interesting. Instagram is under fire for blocking certain posts pertaining to abortions. In the days since the Supreme Court's controversial decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, several abortion rights advocacy groups have reported that their posts and stories have been hidden. In some instances, the posts display a warning that they are displaying sensitive content. In some cases, Instagram has asked users to confirm their age before displaying the content. In others, the posts were hidden altogether and unable to be viewed. What most of the posts have in common is that they all slam the Supreme Court's decision and speak out in support of women's rights. They were all informational in nature. The latest eyebrow-raising occurrence comes after the Associated Press accused Facebook and Instagram of deleting posts offering to mail abortion pills to citizens in states that restrict them. The Meta-owned platforms confirmed that they deleted those posts because they violated policies prohibiting selling or gifting pharmaceuticals, drugs, and firearms. However, AP strongly disagrees with this explanation as they observed posts advertising marijuana that were left in place. After multiple reports and some accusations of pro-life censorship, Instagram has said the issue is a bug and they are working to repair it. So question, Zuckerberg and his team, are they all conservatives, extreme conservatives? Am I saying that right? Yeah. Could that be it then? You see, um, this story even proved the point more that social media is not social media, like the politics <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> the stuff that can happen. <laughs> yeah, because cause I remember I told you, like, uh, look at this, this um, what's her name? Candice? Th- this Candace black, white Owens? Supre- Candace yeah, black Owens? white supremacy, I call her. Whenever, whenever I see her talk, she reminds me of this Dave, Ch- Dave Chappelle skit where, where he played like a black white supremacy. Where he's like a black man that's blind, but he, he hates black people. Yeah. Yeah. She, whenever like I see her, like I, it reminds me of that Dave Chappelle, um, the Chappelle show, that skit. Um, and if you, if you realize her stuff on, um, um, on Facebook, like she would just sit down there and, and talk a bunch of nonsense and millions of views, millions of views. That's why I tell you, like this whole algorithm thing. And so, yeah, so it's these um, social network are being used as like political tool. And it, it, as I said, like it transcends like borders, like it goes all over the world. So, yeah, this, this proved the point, you know, and that's why um, Zuckerberg has been in Congress over the years so many times, been called up for questioning and stuff like that, because people just look at it as, oh, like we're just posting our life, we're having fun, we're doing this. But anything that goes on social media, it's out there forever. Like you take it down, they still have access to it. Right. And it's and it's been used as a as a tool. Like, yeah, you can't hide anything. So it's it, it, it's it's a dangerous place to be. People have to be careful. Yeah. Okay. But um, they're wrong for saying that it violates the policies prohibiting selling or gifting pharmaceuticals, drugs, and firearms. Because you do see the 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 um 
posts referencing marijuana and other drugs as well. And you do see advertising for other drugs as you're scrolling through. So that's a little hypocritical on their part, if you ask me. In health and science news, sleep duration matters for heart health, according to new recommendations. If you needed another reason to get enough sleep, here it is. It may help your heart health. The American Heart Association added sleep duration to its cardiovascular health checklist. It's a part of Life's Essential 8, a questionnaire that measures eight key areas to determine a person's cardiovascular health. The updated list was published uh, Wednesday in circulation, AHA's peer-reviewed journal, and replaced the association's Life's Simple 7 questionnaire, which had been used since 2010. In addition to sleep, the new list retained the original categories, diet, physical activity, nicotine exposure, body mass index, blood lipids, blood glucose, and blood pressure. Sleep duration made the list after researchers examined new scientific findings over the past decade and found that sleep played an important role in heart health. This is according to Dr. Eduardo Sanchez, the AHA's chief medical officer for prevention. Folks not getting enough sleep have a higher likelihood of things like obesity, hypertension, and diabetes, Sanchez said. Adults should get seven to nine hours of sleep each night said pulmonary critical care and sleep specialist Dr. Raj Das Gupta, a clinical associate professor at the University of Southern California's Keck School of Medicine in Los Angeles. However, people need to have quality sleep to reap the benefits, he said. He's also a spokesperson for the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. A person goes through multiple sleep cycles made up of non-REM and REM, which is rapid eye movement sleep. There are three stages of non-REM sleep. And in the third one, you enter deep sleep, which restores the body both mentally and physically. If you keep waking up, it will prevent you from going to those deeper stages. This can lead to higher blood pressure and increased blood sugar levels, which is associated with diabetes and obesity. These conditions contribute to lower heart health and increase the risk of developing heart failure, he also mentioned. So get your sleep, folks, seven to nine hours of uninterrupted sleep so that your body can restore itself mentally and physically. And it's quite possible that lack of sleep could be the reason why a lot of us are having uh, mental breakdowns, where our mental health is being challenged. Right. And um, lack of sleep for some of us is self-inflicted because we need to be able to control our thoughts and our emotions. And I, I, I'm speaking from my own experience. Right. Um, those nights when I don't get enough sleep, I know it's because I didn't go to bed on time or in a reasonable amount of time. I'm waking up too early or sometimes I'm finding myself waking up in the night and my brain is going a million miles per hour, right? So we have to make the conscious effort to change our behavior so that we can improve our health, right? Um, yeah, you know, and some, I don't know, it's weird. I'm thinking about this as I'm reading the article. Dogs, they don't really get into deep sleep. You realize? I wonder if that's why they don't live as long. 
because as they hear a sound, their eyes open or they jump up and they keep doing that. So I wonder if that that has that is a reason why they will live probably 10 to 15 years max. A little more if they're lucky. I don't know. Just a thought. Um, a new study finds that sleeping with the TV on could also bring an early death. I bet to defer on that one. Millions of Americans sleep in front of the television each night. But a recent study indicated that this habit might increase the risk of dying early. 552 participants between the ages of 63 and 84 participated in a study at the Northwestern University School of Medicine that examined how ambient light affected their health and sleeping patterns. The study discovered that people who slept with even a little ambient light had a higher risk of developing diabetes, obesity, and hypertension. People should do their best to avoid or minimize the amount of light they are exposed to during sleep, the study's lead researcher Phyllis Z told CNN. The study also found that participants were more likely to develop insulin resistance in the morning after spending the night in a room with low illumination, such as that produced by a TV. According to the American family physician, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, and cardiovascular disease are frequently linked to insulin resistance when cells in the muscles, fat, and liver do not respond to insulin as they should. We are showing a mechanism that might be fundamental to explain why this happens. We show it's affecting your ability to regulate glucose. As a result, 17.8% of study participants who slept with ambient light at night were diagnosed with diabetes compared to just 9.8% of participants who slept in total darkness. In contrast, just over 25% of people who slept in complete darkness fell into the category of obesity compared to 40.7% of those who slept with ambient light. The sleep study revealed uh, uh, several other disturbing facts regarding light and health. Ambient light sleepers had a higher likelihood of staying awake later and sleeping later the next day. We know late sleepers tend to also have a higher risk for cardiovascular and metabolic disorders. Less than half of all individuals in the study were found to sleep for more than five hours every night in a completely dark room. Of course, sleep specialists are warning about more than just TVs. They are also concerned about distractions from smartphones during the night. Sleep, folks. Sleep. We need to get sleep. That's what we need. (laughs) We need sleep, and we need to force ourselves to sleep as well. That's easier said than done. Hello, <laughs> I know it's behavior. We have to change our behavior, Doctor Daphne. Well, you know, when you've been, there's a lot involving why some of us don't sleep as much because you out here hustling for basic living, basic everything that we need. So we are. We tried. I think a lot of people try to go home at a decent time, but there's so much to do. You're so busy surviving. And yeah. uh, providing for your family and staying out of trouble, staying out, not due to you, <clears throat> your work 
environment might be hostile. Then you go in the street, it's hostile. You go to the grocery store. So if we, as our color people like us, live a very hijacked and a high alert type of lifestyle, unbeknown to us sometimes. And by the time you come home, you either crashed or, you know, your second win, the third win take kick in. I understand why sometimes we don't have enough to be able to just come down and sleep. We just, we have to do better, I agree, but it's an uphill battle that we can do it. Just know it's going to take work. It's going to take work, yeah. And um, I agree with what you said, Dr. Daphne, but we have to make that concerted effort. Otherwise, we are ruining, ruining ourselves. You know, even if we try to do a little bit, just a little bit every day, you know, we have to definitely try. So, and you, went, oh, no, go ahead, go ahead, and then I'm going to move on. I changed my um, windows. I went and got dark curtains, and it was really completely dark in my room. And literally, that actually really helps. I put my phones in the ground um, upside down where the screen doesn't light up any moment at all in the middle of the night. But you do it. You it it does it did make a difference in my sleep pattern and my quality of sleep. Even when I get up to go use the bathroom, I go right back to sleep. You know, because my brain is not going. But that is true with the lighting, any type of lighting. Your body's you know interacting with it mentally. You're not even aware of. Yeah. But first thing we could do is get some dark dark curtains and minimize the little different lights that are in the room that you're sleeping in. Yeah, filter the have the um what you call them blackout curtains. Yeah. All right. So a new report suggests breastfeeding for at least two years is best. I think, um, America, you're late on this. New breastfeeding guidelines suggest that mothers nurse their children for at least two years. The American Academy of Pediatrics typically recommends breastfeeding for at least the first six months of infants' lives. However, their new report published on Monday extended the nursing period to 24 months or longer and suggested solid foods incorporated into the diet as well. Dr. Joanne Younger-Meek, who spearheaded the report, pointed out the various benefits of breastfeeding, including decreased risk of SIDS, air infections, asthma, and other conditions. Mothers also benefit from breastfeeding as it reduces the risk of different cancers, type 2 diabetes, and more. However, while breastfeeding for as long as possible is a great idea, several factors can prevent mothers from doing so. This includes workplace barriers with many jobs unwilling to provide designated spaces for mothers to pump their breast milk. Not everyone can breastfeed or continue breastfeeding for as long as desired for various reasons, including workplace barriers. Families deserve non-judgmental support, information, and help to guide them in feeding their infant, Dr. Meek shared in a statement. Despite the hurdles, Dr. Meek said that any breastfeeding is better than none, encouraging mothers to try as much as they can to provide the natural supplements. This report comes amid a national baby formula crisis, which has led many mothers to revisit breastfeeding or purchase breast milk from donors. Well, they hit the nail on the head. That's the reason why they're recommending it now. Not because I guarantee you, if there was no baby formula crisis, they would not have been recommending it. So uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics. I couldn't breastfeed all my children for two years. I'm going to be very frank on that. I could not do it for various reasons. Son number one, I tried. 
I think he got probably three months. Yeah. I couldn't go beyond that. And I remember my mother saying to me, don't feel bad if you can't do it. Don't feel bad about it. Do not feel um, as though you're being judged for it. If you can't, you just can't. Son number two, he got about three months too. Um, he couldn't be, he, his tummy just would not fill up. You would breastfeed him and then 30 minutes, he's at it again, right? Son number three, a week after, he only got one week. A week after having him, I got the flu, breast milk dried up on its own. Son number four, I don't remember how long I breastfed him for, but it wasn't for very long either, right? But um, don't feel bad if you cannot do it. And other women do not need to make other women feel bad about it either, right? L let's do that. Let's not do that. Don't judge women for the decisions they make. We don't know their circumstances. We don't know their situation, right? Um, but now that I've said that, let's think about in the Caribbean and in Africa and in you know, Latin American countries. People breastfeed their children probably way too long, some until they're four years old. The children just will not age let go. Age 12, age 12. I know no, please do not say age 12. Age 12. Wow. Yeah. So um, I think two years is reasonable. I honestly think so. And I've seen it happen in the Caribbean. And this now they're saying introducing solid foods. We've been doing that. We started giving um, our children cornmeal porridge at a, 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 was it four months? I think Marlon remind me for between four to six months, very thin. Um, and then you start to thicken it up after six months. And listen, yeah, that cornmeal porridge works one is along with oatmeal porridge. You give them banana porridge, you give them the porridge and then you, you know, you do crushed bananas, crushed pumpkin, crushed carrots and peas, not the Gerber. Gerber is for like if you're on a road trip or you have to be out and about for the day and you can't help it. But you're home, you know, and you, you cook, they get food from the pot. That's what we do. <laughs> well, that's what I know is done in the Caribbean. No, I we did that in America. Did. Me too. About? I did that oh, in no, America. But, but I'm talking about the Americans, right? <laughs> oh. Yeah, they don't, we, we, we different. I don't call us Americans. <laughs> I refer to us as Caribbean people. That's what we do. Yeah. Chicken. My you, father. You, you shred it out. Son. Yeah, my father sat my son in his lap. You know, the cornmeal, the yellow cornmeal with black beans and a little pot. I think he must have been six months old. He was already eating that. Yeah. yeah along with the breast milk, but he, he's solid as a rock now. <laughs> They're too solid if you ask me. Yeah, in Jamaica, babies get anything. Like I've seen, I've seen Cersei tea. I've seen like um, sour sap leaf tea for babies. Like I've seen um, pot water. You know when you boil the the, the, the yam and the banana. <laughs> oh, they <laughs> give them stuff. that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so that's why that's why that's why Jamaica, especially when you come from certain country here, that's why people are so strong because like anything, anything. Yeah. I asked a question, my moment. Yeah, go ahead. 
you and Marlin have four boys? Four boys. Bro, you're richer. Back in the days, you all have been the richest person in the neighborhood. Dag. <laughs> Sorry. Four boys. Yep. Four men. Marlon, you need to go for the girl. Marlon, you go for which girl? Not, which not, where? What girl? That? What are you talking about, James? Go Stop for the girl, that. Marlon. Yeah. You need some more feminine energy in the house. Dad, <laughs> moment is enough. Don't listen to that story. I am all the woman they need up in this house, but I believe I'm waiting for my granddaughters. That's what I'm looking forward to. Granddaughters. Um, yeah, they'll be spoiled rotten. That's what I know. Whether boys or girls, it doesn't matter. I love them both, but. I feel I'm going to end up with granddaughters. It's it's weird. That's what I think. Sorry, I was just, I stopped at that story. When you say one, two, three, four boys, <laughs> my brain stopped. Sorry to take you off your topic. Let me tell you something, doc, Dr. Daphne. We would have had more. I would have had more kids. I would have. I think we, I would have gone to six easily. All right. Um, I always wanted Why? four children. I, all, I remember I always wanted four. And Why? part of the reason is this. Um, I'm not an only child, but I grew up like an only child. My brother is way yours. And he's up there in Maryland, too. He's many years older than me. Right. Um, even though Rosola and I, Rosola was living with us for a while, but I didn't have a sibling to play with. Right. So my brother got shipped off to Howard University when I was probably between three and four. Right. So I didn't grow up with him. So I was the only child in the house. I played with the dogs. I played with the cows. I played with the goats. I played with the chickens. I played with the rabbits and the guinea pigs. I what's wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. I, I played with the animals. I was up in trees, sitting down. Yeah. I mean, yes, your cousins come over on a weekend or whatever during the summer. But for the most part, I, I, you know, it was me and me alone. <laughs> so I always said I would never want my children. I would never want to just have one child. I always wanted, always wanted four, always. And so I got the four. And here's the funny thing. I always said I wanted to have four boys. That was my first choice, four boys or three boys and one girl. I got my first choice the four boys but yeah i would have had more but um son number four he was an emergency c-section and between my dad my brother my husband my mom that's it don't go anymore shut it down so i had my tubes tied so that's it so no more shop lack <laughs> that's my story dr daphne but yeah, I, I like I said, you're a rich woman, and in, in any biblical sense, you're. Yeah. <laughs> where's the money? I'm, I'm, not... I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. Trust and believe. I'm waiting oh, for it. Cow. You eat a cat or a cow or something by the thousand hills. You, you, you fulfill. Oh boy! So the decision to overturn Roe versus Wade has led to a spike in the number of men scheduling vasectomies across the country, according to Dr. Christian Hettinger, or Hettinger, who is a urologist at the Kansas City Urology Care. His staff has been overwhelmed with requests for information about vasectomies. Since Friday, we're up nine hundred percent in people looking to get a vasectomy done. Doug Stein, a Florida, a Florida urologist known as the vasectomy king, tells the Washington Post that before Friday, he received four or five vasectomy requests a day. 
Since the court's decision was announced, that number has spiked to 12 to 18 requests per day. He says that many of the guys are saying that they have been thinking about a vasectomy for a while and the Roe versus Wade decision was that final factor that tipped them over the edge and made them submit the online registration. So ladies, looks as though we have the men backing us up, right? Moments. Yeah, yeah. On behalf, on behalf of all the men in the room yesterday, I, I need a formal apology from you and the ladies that were burning out the guys yesterday. <laughs> and in true female fashion, you're not going to get that apology. For what? For what we do? <laughs> what did y'all do? do? No, because yes, yesterday, yesterday when I burned we out, I said, you know, we, we leave only for, for, for take all the pressure and all the stuff. And but it was true, James. Why can't we get a man pill and stuff like that? So please. It is true. Um, um, you go first, um, and I'll take um, Dr. Wait, Daphne next. I am not <laughs> apologizing. Wait, I am wait, not wait. apologizing. I'm Moment, sorry. Hold on. They, the, the article said they are inquiring information. <laughs> they didn't say they snip nothing yet. Show me the data when they snip something. I'm a snippy think about something with apology. You get in one just because they're thinking about it. They're thinking. You know how y'all think? Stop it. <laughs> Let me tell James, here's the thing. I am not going to apologize. And here is why. And I want you to think about, you have a daughter, James. Think about this. Think about the pressure that she's going to be under, right? Once girls start seeing their periods, what you call them, um, pediatricians are recommending that you put them on birth control. Not the boys. Nobody's saying, let us put the boys on a pill just in case they decide to have sexual intercourse and they get a girl pregnant. Nobody says that. So we're told from day one, the minute we start having a menstrual cycle, that pregnancy is our responsibility. The decision to get pregnant or not get pregnant is our decision. When a man impregnates us, whether we were in a glowing relationship or not, they walk away and who is left bearing the burden the woman if the woman decides that she wants to end the pregnancy she's wicked she's turning herself into a cemetery nobody says anything about the man walking away if a couple decide or for you know society tells women oh you shouldn't have more than two. Oh, you shouldn't have more than three. Oh, you shouldn't have more than four tie your tubes Stay on an IUD. Take birth control pills. Nobody says, men, let us do something to take the burden off the woman. And here we go. Roe versus Wade. It's back on the woman again. So at what point does the man get to share in the burden of what we go through? I think... I think to be fair though, it, it depends. It depends on the relationship. Like everything is, it's all individual. Like it depends on the person you're with, how much I love you, how much I respect you, and stuff like that. It, it can be like a general or like a political thing, because like you know, I, I I did one. I did one like three year, three four four years this year. This year's gonna be four years. Yeah, and and it's it's not uncommon because. You know, we sat down and we talk about it and, you know, we know that 
we didn't want any more kids. I know that I, you know, I don't plan to get divorced. So, and you know, like when you're with someone and, and you see the effects of, of the, 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 the birth control, like it's, it's, trust me, it's, it's like putting poison in your body. It is. So when you see the effects of, of that, and if you're, if you're a good enough man and you love your woman enough, then you sit down and you make that decision. So yeah, we did that. And we, we went and we, we sat down and we talked to the doctors about it. And, you know, it came to the conclusion that, okay, like it would be easier for me to do it than for her to, to, to do the tie or for her to continue taking something that was destroying her body. And, you know, even after she stopped taking it, then you could see, like, it's like a, a big difference in everything, like our body, mm-hmm. like just overall everything. So, yeah, like men, men do it. It's not uncommon. But you know but what? James, uh, go ahead. Go right ahead. James, I applaud you for that. But a seven year old and an eight year old, they don't have any options. So if someone abused them and they get pregnant they don't have a man that can decide whether he's going to have a, you know, a vasectomy or not. And I know seven-year-olds that have gotten their period. So from that time, if someone touched them, they can get pregnant. But I do applaud you yeah. for what you decided to do with your wife. Yeah. Yeah. Kudos to you, James. Thank you. But here's the thing, James, and I think men, um, the issue with a lot of men why they are reluctant to get a vasectomy even though they have no plans of leaving their wives they have no plans of having any more children they somehow think that in getting a vasectomy it is going to interfere with their ability to perform sexually and that is the problem this and another thing too they have these hang-ups even about getting their prostate checked they would rather die then get their prostate checked. Instead of getting information to realize that technology has advanced, things have changed. It's sad, but go ahead. Yeah, and I think that's that's a problem with America too, because in Canada, like, because, you know, healthcare is covered. Like, you know, like I was able to to go on multiple different occasions, sit down, talk to, because I had that concern too. And, the, you know, the doctor, like, you know, go different times and the doctor will, will walk you through the steps and, te- and tell you what's going to be like cut and that it's not going to affect performance and all that. Right. But like if you're, if you're in a country where every time you go and you sit down in front of the doctor, you're going to pay $300, then that might deter you from doing that. So health care is, is, is a part of that too. And because of that, you know, it, it was easier. It's easier in Canada because of that, because you're able to go three, four times and, and you can say, okay, yes, I'm going to do it. Because what the doctor does, they, until you're on the table, like even when you're on the table, they give you an option to like, okay, you can get up if you're not uh, 100% sure. But you get like up to 10 different times to, to, to say like, no, like you're not comfortable with it up until you're on the table. So, and that's because of the free healthcare, like um, we're afforded the opportunity to do that. But in America, then, that could probably cost you thousands of dollars. So that's the yeah. difference. Yeah, you're right. Cost factor is, is, is something too. But um, I think, you know, men should be comfortable stepping up and saying to their wives, their partners, you know what? You've already put your body through so much. 
I'll take this one. And and to just to add to that, um, to like for men that it it for women that continue taking that, it affects your sex life. Like when when you're not when you, you you don't have to worry about that, your sex life improve like drastically because the pill really affects it. Yeah. It does. It affects your breasts. It affects your 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 body overall. Some women gain weight. And there's nothing they can do. It can affect your thyroids. You know, it's, so, yeah. Thank you, James. I, will, I, I do applaud you. It is time for us to take another quick music break. When we return, it is Caribbean Corner and news out of Latin America. Here's a little bit more music from our Retro Thursday catalog. Don't close your eyes, you 
your soul's up for life And I'll be by your side I've come to take you there Show you how to care Just be aware That you'll have to share I want you love I want it tonight I'm taking your heart So don't you fight I'll be your answer I'll be your wish Thank you to all our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you're listening to Coffee in Toll, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, on Instagram Moments with Me Media, and on YouTube Moments with Me Media. Like, share, subscribe, and turn on your notifications. It is hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday, Retro Thursdays here on Coffee Intel. Of course, that means we're taking it back to the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. You're listening to Robin S. Show Me Love.
And now it's time for Caribbean Corner. The story comes to us courtesy of the Jamaica Star. A woman fined for out-of-season lobster. St. James woman found herself $10,000 poorer on Wednesday after admitting to the St. James Parish Court that she was selling 33 pounds of spine-tailed lobster outside of the prescribed fishing season. Candace McIntosh pleaded guilty with explanation to the charge of possession of lobster during the closed season. While the circumstances behind her arrest were not outlined in court, McIntosh told presiding parish judge Sasha Ashley that she had the lobster for about six months. It was for business, not personal use. Yes, but there is a procedure you have to follow. So that does not matter. You have to be able to account for it. The lobster catch. Ashley said sternly before ordering McIntosh to pay a fine of $10,000 or spend 10 days in prison. Under Jamaican law, the closed season for lobster fishing runs from April 1 to June 30 each year, during which time it is illegal to catch, buy, or sell lobster. Offenders may be fined up to $3 million or spend two years in prison, a penalty which was implemented in 2017. According to the Minister of Agriculture and Fisheries, persons who plan to have spiny lobster or their parts or products in storage or for sale during the closed season must send a signed declaration of same to the licensing authority by March 31. A certificate of storage will then be issued following a visit to the storage site by a fishery inspector. Concerning spiny lobster, which has long been in storage between April 1 and 21 and have been declared to the licensing authority, those may be sold, exported, or processed during that period. But it is illegal to possess spiny lobster parts after April 21. So all these videos that you're seeing with them eating the lobster in Jamaica, uh, do we now have to question if they followed the procedure, they followed protocol, have their license to even though they, okay, we're going to assume that they had the lobster during the legal period and are just storing it for use in their business. Uh, Okay. I think she needed a good lawyer. Because if she has, if she have the law, and I think there's ways to prove the lobster, um, how long you have the lobster stored. I mean, they, they, they can always test to see how long, whether it was a fresh catch or a long-term catch. But if you have, if you caught the lobster within the season and you have it stored, you should not be charged. And um, there's a lot of fishermen for example, the police don't do a lot of unscrupulous stuff sometimes. Like if they, if they catch a fisherman with a lobster haul within the illegal period, they sometimes seize it and they themselves sell it back to restaurants and other people that want it. But if she can, if she if if she can prove that she had it within season, she should not have been charged. Okay, so O'Neill, here is the thing, though. According to the Minister of Agriculture and Fisheries, persons who plan 
to have the spiny lobster or their parts or products in storage or for sale during the closed season must send a signed declaration of same to the licensing authority by March 31st. So that is where the law now comes into play. Attorney or not, did she have that declaration, a signed declaration in place? Because even though she may have had it prior to the lobster season closing, which is good, right? If she didn't follow the protocol per law, we know that there's a lot of unscrupulousness going on, yeah. But let us say she did, if she did not follow the protocol in having a signed declaration, technically, isn't she still in breach? You there, Ania? Yeah, I mean, okay. so it's just so there's a, if there's a procedure and she didn't follow it, then I guess she can't get right. Yeah. Um, um, and, and I really can't speak to the declaration because I don't know what that process is. Um, so, so yeah, I guess, well, and, and I guess the judge was lenient because it's just $10,000. If she could have been charged up to, what, $1 million? Uh, $3 million or two years in prison. Right. So I guess the judge was a little bit lenient, hoping yeah. that adult to show a charge of $10,000, which is a lot of money, but in the scope of, of, of things, it's yeah. maybe, um, and I hope they left her with the lobster. <laughs> <laughs> At least let her enjoy her $10,000 lobster, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At least, yeah. Um, in, also out of Jamaica, gasoline diesel prices marginally down. For a third consecutive week, motorists will see a negligible decrease in gasoline prices when they fill up at the pumps as of Thursday, June 30. This is according to the latest price listing that was released on Wednesday by the state-owned oil refinery Petrojam. According to the listing, both grades of gasoline, 87 and 90 octane, are down by 25 cents and will be sold for $215.14 and $220.16 per liter, respectively. Automotive diesel fuel is also down by 25% and will be sold for $227.26 per litre, while ultra-low sulfur diesel will be sold for $229.99 per litre, also down by 25 cents. Kerosene also down by 25%. The commodity will be sold for $201.55 per litre this week. Meanwhile, propane liquid petroleum will be sold for $73.03 per liter, an increase of 20 cents. And butane liquid petroleum will be sold for $82.43 per liter after an increase of 50 cents. The marketing companies and retailers will add their respective markups to the prices for Petrojam. So, folks, these are not the prices you will be paying at the pump, okay? Yeah, so get ready for what you're going to be really paying also out of jamaica 58 year old mother and two sons charged after gun fine at home a team of officers from the trelawney division police uh, arrested and charged a mother and two sons in relation to the seizure of an illegal firearm and 15 rounds of ammunition during an operation in kettering duncans in trelawney on tuesday june 28 Charged are 23-year-old Tariq Gale and 20-year-old Trey Gale and 58-year-old Beverly Barrett, all of Kettering in the parish. 
Reports from the Falmouth Police are that at about 5.45 a.m., law enforcers were in the area when a premises that was occupied by Barrett and her sons was searched and the firearm and ammunition were found. All three were taken into custody and were subsequently, subsequently charged. Their court date is being finalized. Uh, in the past couple of months, they've been cleaning up, I must say. Um, they have been finding quite a few firearms in homes in some cases the firearms are in the sofas in some cases behind the stoves are people talking people you know i guess the ad campaigns that they've been running no working? it's a two hundred and fifty thousand dollars that you get paid as an informant ah, okay. in some instances i think family members friends um, and in, uh, in some instances, even sometimes people who own the guns are turning the guns in. Because, I mean, if I have a gun, if, I, if it's $250,000 per gun, and if I if there's a fine for three guns, that's $750,000, I don't have to give up six other guns I have, or I don't have to give my gun. My enemy next door, we know when keeping guns, we used to be friends. I know that you keep him gun in the back of the fridge. I'm going to just wait till two months later. Men him now. That's what's going on. I'm sorry. So everybody, I rat out everybody for quarter million. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know what? At least we're getting the guns off the road. Well, maybe it's that ad with the, the police that they're encouraging. The Valentine's, I remember that one. Yes. To, to turn in their, ex, their ex-boyfriend. <laughs> maybe it's that one. I think ultimately it... it it is counterproductive though Why because so? because the the person who's writing another person and collecting the money is using that money to buy more guns so in other words one gun maybe the the, the, the price that i would pay for a gun is maybe a hundred thousand dollars if i rat out i'm gonna get 250. i can buy two guns for ratting out mm. so buy more guns they're not necessarily the amount of guns that are on so i get it you know i get the initiative yeah. to get guns mm-hmm. but i think the way it has been done is like band-aid over the wound okay right and i, and I do believe that even police officers because a lot of police officers have criminal friends and you cook it up with your you, you cook up the, the 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 situation with a friend and what I'd like to know is what is the so they lock up these people for having guns in the house. Only one person can can really get charged. So they lock up three persons, but can they legally charge all three? Oh, one, that's a good question. One person needs to take the fall, and then how much of these um, are actually being transferred to actual convictions? People are actually spending time in jail. Um, you know, I mean, there was an acquittal of, of an artist recently. Um, and we're not hearing the backstory. How much of these people are actually being are actually getting convicted for the crime? Right. Since it's a legal gun. And um, yeah, I, I still think there's loopholes, like too much loopholes, too much gray areas. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you, Neil. Okay. I mean, I'm going to remain grateful 
that weapons, illegal weapons are um, being found. I am going to remain grateful for that. Even though it may come across as counterproductive to some degree, I want to feel that for some, it may um, trigger the fear. Oh my gosh, I don't want to get caught, so you know what, let me get rid of it. Um, yeah, because nobody really wants to go to jail, especially in Jamaica. All right, story out of Latin America, fire kills 51 after apparent riot attempt at Columbia Prison. Out of Bogota, Colombia, according to the Associated Press, a fire at a prison in southwestern Colombia has killed at least 51 people and injured a dozen more. The director of the national prison system, Tito Castellanos, told Radio Caracal that it's not clear if all the dead were prisoners. He initially said 49 had died, but the Justice Ministry later raised the toll to 51. He said the fire broke out during what appeared to be an attempted riot early Tuesday at the medium security prison in the city of Tulua. He said inmates had set mattresses on fire without considering the consequences. Justice Minister Wilson Ruiz added that more than 20 inmates were being treated for injuries in hospital and said that two prison guards sustained minor injuries. President Ivan Duque expressed condolences to the families of those who died and said he had ordered investigations into the cause. Coming up after the break, we do have, believe it or not, news and entertainment news to come. Here is a little bit more from Retro Thursday. This is Inner City with Good Life. I know you wanna go, it's a good life. Thank you. 
Thank you to all our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you're listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, on Instagram Moments with Me Media, and on YouTube Moments with Me Media. Like, share, subscribe, and turn on your notifications. It's hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday, and of course, we're playing songs from our Retro Thursday catalog, taking it back to the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. So far, we heard Pump Up the Jam, Rhythm is a Dance, a Good Vibrations, and Good Life. Right now, it's the Eurythmics with Sweet Dreams. Coming up after this, we do have, or believe it or not, news stories and entertainment news. Stay tuned. I said arithmetics. Did I say arithmetics? I hope I did not. I hope I said arithmetics. and it is time for our Believe It or Not stories. Couple receives 25 years in prison for enslaving at least 42 people. Two human trafficking organizers in Bristol are looking at 25 years in prison after being taken down. Maros Tankos and Joanna Gomulska, both 46, are a couple who have been running a human trafficking ring for several years. At least 42 victims spoke to, spoke to specialist officers, sharing with them evidence of their abuse. As part of their scheme, this couple worked together to take advantage of foreigners who were typically vulnerable or at-risk Slovakians. They convinced them to work for them under the guise that they would provide them with food, shelter, and transportation to the United Kingdom. They also told them that they would be paid but that half of their monthly earnings would go toward boarding and food. While Tankos handled gathering workers, Gomulska took their identities and other personal information, including documents for ID. Gomulska only allowed the victims to use the items for applications or when they were needed for bank services. When the victims needed to go to appointments, Gomulska would act like she was their interpreter and steal their bank cards and PIN numbers. During the day, the enslaved workers performed duties at Tonko's car wash company, and at night the couple had them perform tasks like packing milk or catching chickens. The victims told officials that they all knew 
was that was work and shared how the couple would beat and humiliate them. The couple was arrested on suspicion of modern day slavery and human trafficking charges back in July of 2017. They were officially convicted after a three month long trial in Bristol court, Crown Court. The couple's entire plot was created to fuel their gambling fund, the news outlet reports. Tankos and Gomuska treated their victims as possessions, exploiting their hope of a better life for themselves and their families to keep them in a never-ending cycle of abuse. They were prisoners, wrote NCA branch commander Colin Williams. The experiences they shared in court showed how mentally broken the couple had left them. These people came from impoverished backgrounds to the UK with optimism, but instead had their vulnerability taken advantage of. Whilst they suffered, Tankos and Gomuska spent their victims' wages on gambling and cards. Turn them into slaves too while they're in jail. You know, fix that problem right there. A California man says Ambien made him sexually assault a young girl during a Delta flight. Authorities arrested 51-year-old Brian Patrick Durning when the flight from San Francisco landed at Orlando International Airport in Florida. On the flight, Durning sat in an aisle seat next to the victim, who was older than 12 but younger than 16. Her mother was not seated with her due to a reservation conflict. Not long after the flight took off, Durning ordered an alcoholic drink and began acting oddly towards the girl, coughing and sneezing on her. He then touched her hair and neck before trying to put his arm around her. The girl tried to lean away from Durning, but he persisted by touching her inner thigh and trying to position her thigh towards him before moving his hand to her private area and penetrating her over her clothing. Another woman seated on the other side of Durning was asleep for much of the attack, but awoke to find him quickly moving his hand away from the child who was shaking and crying. The woman asked the victim if he'd touched her and she replied, yes. The female passenger lashed out at Durning for scarring the girl and demanding that he swap seats. In the process, he attempted to grab the woman's breast. She immediately notified a flight attendant. When the girl's mother turned to see what the commotion was about, the daughter mouthed, he touched me. She also observed Durning's pants were open. The flight attendant quickly made Durning change seats away from the victim. Durning, who is from Altadena, California, claims he remembers nothing of the assault. He says he took an ambient pill and a glass of wine, which knocked him out. Durning maintains he only remembers waking up to someone telling him to switch seats. He has been charged with committing a crime aboard an aircraft in flight and abusive sexual contact involving young children. He was released on bond and forced to surrender his passport. So no addition to um, child molester. What's, what's that list? What's the what's the list? Pedophiles? No, no list. Um, so you're telling me that every time. Sexual you, predator. Thank you. You're telling me that every time you take an Ambien and you drink something, this is what happens to you. I'm sorry. But. My thing is this. I wish I was on that plane. I wish I was on that plane. <laughs> My thing is this. We need to tell our children to scream out, regardless of where you are. And the woman, I have a question for her as well. She didn't seek to notify the flight attendant until her breasts got touched. 
was she just going to change seats with him and with him and leave it at that? But because he attempted to grab her breast, that was when she notified a flight attendant. So I do have a question about that. Question. Were they already in the air? It would appear so. Yeah, it would appear. Because I want to know why it was just chain seats. It, yeah, it seems as though they were in the air. They were in the air when that happened. Yeah. Here's what I say to airlines. Regardless of the, the error being made when we are checking in on what you call it, booking tickets online, because it happens. You, you, you're booking a ticket online and then you have to go through so many steps and select seats and sometimes the seats are not even together. I would say to airlines, at the ticket counters or at the gates, wherever, put families together. Put families together, especially if you have children under a certain age. Don't have one child sitting here, another child sitting there. No, 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 no. Put families together. Don't tell passengers, well, you booked it online, so unfortunately, this is what you chose, and if you want to choose a different seat, then we're going to have to upcharge you. Don't do that for this very reason. Our children need to be in our sight. I have experienced all six of us coming back from Jamaica and we were split up. Two here, two there, two there. Or at least they were paired together, which is good. At least that. But airlines, please, put families together. Yes, Rosolo, um, that flight. Yeah. But we need to tell our children to scream out. But I don't understand why we're not hearing that his name is being put on the list of child predators or sexual predator because he attempted to at um, attack the woman as well. Yeah, unfortunately, Javette, not all airlines, not all flights have air marshals on them. Wish they had them on every single flight. Boy, I would have been on the evening TV. That's all I got to say. <laughs> they would have had to switch. They would have had to put me on one end of the plane. Javette. And strap me in a couple of times. Javette, the plane would park in the air. Remember me tell you that? You For ever real. see a plane park in the air? <laughs> that would be one. Ah, press them brakes. Yep. It ain't going to fall out of the sky. Don't worry. Just press them brakes. We got our situation back here. That's why certain things don't happen to some of us. Because Lord knows we are going to be charged for murder, assault, something. Mm -hmm. leave people pitney alone leave the children alone a detroit mother is facing a facing a slew of charges after blind three-year-old son was found in a freezer no uh. <sighs> on friday child protective services employees were contacted by an individual concerned about the children of azure d france as a result, three police officers responded to France's home. While speaking with officers, France acted 
oddly and was eager for officers to leave. They remained in the house and during the encounter, the officers located the body of toddler Chase Allen decomposing inside a freezer in the home's basement. The child had gone blind a year earlier. France had a history of child abuse. When Alan was just two months old, he was sent to live with his aunt Tashana, or Taishana, France, after his mother lost custody of her six children. Now you see why we need abortions in place. She shouldn't have been allowed to have six children. She should never have got her kids back after that, says Asvante Sauls, France's sister. Sauls had not seen Alan since last summer. She says the condition of the child during the encounter caused her and her family to intervene. They called CPS and the police department multiple times, but were always told that there was nothing that they could do. When Alan was burned last month, CPS got involved and was supposed to do regular three-month checkups. However, Saul said they never followed through. Tony Haynes, Francis's mother, is outraged at her daughter's actions. No, that's not my daughter. I brought a monster into this world and didn't even know it. Alan's death has been ruled a homicide, though it is unclear how long he'd been in the freezer. France has now been charged with first-degree child abuse, torture, and concealing death charges. She will also face murder charges. Six children! So, can I be controversial? Go right ahead, O'Neill. We love it with the controversy. No. Go, no, go ahead. Say this, right? Because I'm listening. And we keep harping on abortion. Abortion is the last stage of prevention of childbirth. Mm-hmm. So we have condoms, contraceptive, vasectomy, and the woman tying tubes. So I'm going to say this, because if we're going to say she shouldn't be allowed to have six children, it means if we're going to say she should have two kids, then it means four abortions or, or multiple abortions. So why not just tie her tubes? Maybe we should have a law if you don't show that you're financially capable and emotionally stable to carry a child, then they, um, you know, there's a mandatory law that a doctor tie your tubes. Mm-hmm. It's a permanent tie of the tubes. And just going to say this, I, I don't know if I've spoken about this, but I've, I've been seeing it in the, in, the, in the newspaper where the Prime Minister of Jamaica just ordered DNA tests for every... Yes, I was going to bring that up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if he has the right to do that though, because that's privacy. But however, <laughs> I'll say this that um excuse me. Maybe we're going to if we're going to if human beings are not allowed choice and free will to be responsible about having kids or um do because uh, I believe prevention starts from before even the sexual activity. So it should not be that abortion shouldn't be such a big issue if we were being responsible adults. Mm-hmm. So okay. I'll learn it. Good point. Good point, O'Neill. Now, let me ask CPS a question. If Alan got burned, hold on, Saul had seen Alan. Okay. You know this mother has a history of child abuse. Why are you giving the children back to this woman? And if you're supposed to do a regular three-month checkup, 
Why aren't you doing the checkups? Why? So CPS needs to answer the question. And we've heard situations like this over and over again. CPS dropping the ball. You're giving the children back to parents who clearly should not have these children. So somebody's not doing their job. And when CPS doesn't do their job, who is held responsible for their negligence? So it's a whole mirage. We're blaming the, the woman who's maybe mentally... Because mental, mental, mental sickness don't mean you walk up and down the road, man, you know, <laughs> right? Facts. It don't mean that it doesn't appear, it doesn't always show up in raggedy and dirty clothes and living on the roadside. There are people who dress up in tie and shirt and, 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 and nice dresses with nice makeup that's mentally unstable. Yeah. Facts. And all of these regulatory bodies are supposed to be the check and balances to prevent people from harming themselves. Who is held responsible? I, I bet you when they start, whenever there's a charge for the officer that's responsible for this case, when he gets a jail term of six months, I bet you we will stop seeing a lot of these things reaching to death of kids. Mm -hmm. Because nobody knows that if I don't do my job, I could end up in jail. Yeah. So I agree system is just not fair it's not balanced it's not and if legality and law you know it, that's why there's a scale it should be fair and balanced and it, where there's no justice has to have fairness in it and if there's no fairness then there's no justice and then we all happens that crime spirals in different ways hence the reason why they use the scales right <laughs> so sula said in the chat um like the Gabriel Fernandez case, CPS not doing their job, and he ended up dead in his mom's hands. Um, I agree with you, O'Neill. We need to start holding CPS workers accountable for murder. Murder. No other way to put it. Murder. They are able... It will have to be manslaughter because they can't kill them. That's true. Thanks for the correction. Thank you for the correction. But they need to be held accountable because they're just as guilty if you asked me, if you ask me rather, right? They create, they helped to create the situation. Now I understand CPS workers are underpaid. I get it. I get it that they're overwhelmed. Well then, if you want people responsible people working within the system revisit the pay grade please and let us even distribute the caseloads you can't have some people overworked and overwhelmed and unfortunately within the cps system within any government system you have some very lazy people who don't want to work they're just there for the benefits to pass their time so they need to be um what you call it filtered out as well call them out go right ahead i know someone was trying to say something go right ahead yeah i think i think this issue like it is very complex and and i think that's why it's it's one of the most difficult thing to solve because it's it's very complex like it's like 
the money that's allotted to organizations like that are like at the bottom of the barrel is like leftover um budget from the government and i know because like even it's 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 like a worldwide thing like a lot of first world countries grapple with this thing too and i know like even when listening to that case like even in in canada like i i know someone that work in that field with the government and they said that what, what's been happening in North America recently is that they have like a new initiative because they realize that foster, the foster care system is broken and taking away kids from their parents and putting them in a, in a system where a lot of these people are just in it to make a dollar and abusing the kids. They have a different department now that's trying to fix the family instead of taking them away from the family they're trying to fix the, the situation like um someone on drug drugs or whatever they're trying to get rehabilitation they're trying to work with them so that um the, the the kids don't have to leave their parents because what they have realized is that like the parents can be abusive because they are on substance or or they have some mental health issue but taking them and putting them in a system where someone is just there for the money and being abusive too could be like a double-edged sword because the kid, the, the child is removed from their parents that they love, even though the parents is abusing them. Um, so the approach that they're taking is trying to fix what's going on in the household. So I don't know if it's something like that where they're saying like, okay, let's, let's give her a chance. And, but, and still like, as I said, like the money that's allotted to these organizations are like, at the bottom of the barrel and so a lot of these you know government workers you know don't want to work like they, they go into the office and they drink coffee and they go on social media or whatever so it could be negligence and on, on, on where that is concerned or it just could be more money and that's why the whole defunding the police thing when you listen to sensible conversation with people talking about defunding the police force is is taking millions of dollars from police force that's um and and putting into preventative measures like these organizations that would prevent people from getting to the police system so i think that's what yeah that's what they need to do because obviously the system is broken there's not enough money put in that system to to make sure a family have a have a, have a you know a good chance of of of, of surviving you know <sighs> go ahead thank you james go right ahead yeah, I just wanted to say, um, even though there are a few social workers that have dropped the ball, it's a continuous cycle, like James was saying. It's like you take the kids out, where are you going to put the kids? You have families that will take the kids, and like James said, the kids are being abused there as well, okay? You have foster homes, where it's like a home that has housing kids and the kids are being abused. It's, it's just, it's a whole cycle of frackinackle, unfortunately, that I don't even know how you can fix it um, because there's more children out there um, that are in, pro in, in this situation than places that you can put them to help. And like O'Neill says, it is, it starts with actually bringing the child in the world, which unfortunately 
is why the government has decided that they want to do what they want to do as far as our body is concerned. But all this for me is just going to put even more kids, yep. unfortunately, or children. A lot of people don't like to say kids um, in the line of fire. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it takes two yeah. to bring a child in the world. Just to me, bottom line, it takes two because mm -hmm. the woman can't bring the child in the world by herself. And unfortunately, they started with abortion. Now they're going to see if they can limit um, the contraceptive to stop it. It's going to be even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Javette. Anybody else wants to go? You know, as you were saying, um, contraceptives, Javette, and James earlier when we were joking around and, you know, talking about vasectomies. Um, when you think about what Clarence Thomas said, right? Possible reversal of um, access to what you call it, planned family planning meaning banning family planning. You have no access to um, birth control whatsoever. You know something? Vasectomy is going to come on, come up under that because it is a form of birth control, isn't it? I'm going to sterilize so I don't impregnate a woman. Yeah, I'm not quite sure because it's a medical procedure versus taking... So you're taking a pill, you're using a condom. Yeah, I mean, um, I think I think vasectomy and 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 tying the tube is should be. And mm -hmm. I don't know if it fall under because I can't speak. I don't know, but right. it sounds to me that that is more something that falls on a medical procedure that is between a patient and a doctor, even though abortion is. But then abortion is is another life, or that's what they say, another being or potential being. Mm -hmm. uh, so. I, I don't think vasectomy, or in my, my humble opinion, because that's like telling somebody you can't have a kidney transplant or you can't get medication for erectile dysfunction or um, stuff like that. But I, I'll say this. Um, what potentially maybe is going to happen in the future is that to have sex, you maybe have to join a registry. <laughs> <laughs> Please take that out of the universe. Take that out of the universe. But Javette, do you know that in the state of Georgia, if the law walks into your house and you're having sex in any other position than missionary, you can be charged? What are you talking about? Is yeah, that... I kind of yeah. learned some of that stuff in the other room that I go in yeah. daily. You yes, there's a lot of them. Yeah, you cannot, if they walk into your house... Ooh, that the law? If the law walks into what? your house and well, you're, ha but hold on, O'Neill. If the law walks into your house and you're having sex in any other position but missionary, you going to jail. I mean, but what, what your rights is no officer of the law can invade your house without a warrant. Which which state? Remember. And Laws are vary from state to state. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't think. Well, I don't know if any state in the United States that because constitutionally, privacy means that is why you have to go to a judge, a police officer to go to a judge and give them get give that judge 
reasons. Yeah, and the judge is part of the law, O'Neill. They need a warrant to go to your house. So unless you're a criminal involved in other criminal activity, um, they can't come to your house for sex. They must come to your house for something. So, so I guess if, they, if they're coming to your house because they think you're in drugs. Hold on, O'Neill. I'm going to throw something yeah. else at you. I'm going to throw something else at you. Did you know, and I read this the other day, and I forgot to bring it up in coffee until, and I know I, I'm going to have to go dumpster diving for it. But I came across an article. Did you know that if you live within 100 miles of the border, the Mexico border, they can come to your house without any um, reason or cause and search your home? Did you know that? that that, I mean, so if you're close to the, the border of Mexico. Yeah. In any of the states that border Mexico, they can come in your house at any time. No, um, no, nothing. Is it, Mexico, is it Canada too? Is it? I'm where, not sure about Canada, but I'm going to try and find that article again. I am going to go dumpster diving for it. Because when I was like, and I, I remember right after reading it, I was speaking with my mother and she said, Thank God you don't live near no border for people just randomly walk up into your house. Yeah. So we might think we have rights. And this is why I say this country is not a free country. It is not. And here, th th that law as it regards to Georgia and sex, it's, I don't think it's just Georgia. I think it, it's the Bible Belt. Yeah, it's a it's a whole bunch of them. I'm going to um, inquire again from my other room and see if I can get a list of the Frackinackle because it's a long list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but moments to, yes. to be fair, like to be fair, like if police kick down your door and catch your um, thing, you deserve to go to jail. <laughs> Why? Why do I deserve no, to? Well, you know no, something. Because, no, Lock me up for life. No, because if a police kick down my door, like I'm, I'm, I'm not, like, I'm reacting. Like I'm not going to be in in position. You know, the door kick down. But what you if know, you don't hear them? The family right away. But what if you don't hear them? Because some of them <laughs> can operate in stealth mode. Yeah, but the, 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 no, but the real conversation here for me is what is whether or not, um, it 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 would speak to the justice system. And, and trust in the justice system as it relates to um, the police, the judge. There'd have to be a whole which, which, which exists. I agree. A lot of collusion between a prosecutor, police officers, and the judge um, where you're discriminating against a certain set of people by, by, by issuing warrants to go to their house for sexual reasons. Um, because if there's no probable cause or no reason for you to be at that person's house. It can't be that you're kicking on the person's house because you want to catch them having sex. No, no, it, no, no, no. That's oh, not no. it. No, no. Your that's neighbor. The your neighbor call and complain. About sex noises. <laughs> about sex <laughs> noises. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. It's nothing new. So they used no to more, do it. They used no to do it when... Songs, the... Neighbor know the name. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, O'Neill. So they, you're, as Javette is pointing out, your neighbor can call on you for any reason. Let me tell you something. This is not the land of the free. Just remember that. All right. So move with caution. 
So R. Kelly sentenced to 30 years in prison for federal racketeering and sex trafficking charges. Disgraced R&B singer R. Kelly was sentenced on Wednesday. Yep, this is according to the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of New York following his conviction last year on federal racketeering and sex trafficking charges stemming from his efforts over years to use his fame to ensnare victims he sexually abused. And yes, it is time for entertainment news. Prosecutors had asked the judge to sentence Kelly 55 to more than 25 years behind bars, while his defense attorneys asked for 10 or fewer, saying prosecutors' request was tantamount to a life sentence. Survivors of Kelly's abuse held hands and prayed as U.S. District Court Judge Anne Donnelly began reading his sentence. Kelly who wore a tan prison uniform, dark-rimmed glasses, and a black mask at the hearing in federal court in Brooklyn, showed no emotion. Donnelly said to Kelly, You left in your wake a trail of broken lives. In deciding the sentence, Donnelly said she considered Kelly's own traumatic childhood, during which his attorney said he was repeatedly sexually abused by a family member and a landlord. The judge said, it may explain, at least in part, what led to your behavior. It most surely is not an excuse. Jovanti Cunningham, a former backup singer for Kelly, praised the sentence. I started this journey 30 years ago, Cunningham said outside the court after the hearing. There wasn't a day in my life up until this moment that I actually believed that the judicial system would come through for black and brown girls. I stand here very proud of my judicial system, very proud of my fellow survivors, and very pleased with the outcome. A jury convicted Kelly last September on nine counts, including one charge of racketeering and eight counts of violations of the Mann Act, a sex trafficking law. Prosecutors from the Eastern District of New York accused Kelly of using his status as a celebrity and a network of people at his disposal to target girls, boys, and young women for his own sexual gratification. The five-week federal trial in Brooklyn included testimony from witnesses who said they were sexually and physically abused by Kelly. The court also heard from people involved with orchestrating the disgraced R&B singer's 1994 marriage to the late singer Aaliyah, when she was just 15 years old and he was an adult after she believed she had gotten pregnant. Um, so I'm not going to comment on the R. Kelly case directly, but what I'm going to say is, what's your name? Glistine. Maxwell. I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there. Yes. The one with it, Epstein. Yes. So she needs to get, the same 30 years, one. Andrew from Buckingham Palace mm -hmm. needs to get 30 years. Um, there's a young lady, I don't know if she's released yet, who killed her sex trafficker. She was released. She was released? Yeah. Now, okay, cool. But I'm just saying, this is where the hypocrisy and where fairness and justice does not ring true. Um, the parents that used to drop these kids off and some of them collecting money <laughs> and all of, you cannot have a racketeering charge 
and it's one person get charged. One person cannot be involved in a racketeering. Mm-hmm. is not one person. So where is all the other complicit personalities that should also be charged and be serving time? Because these people could be enabling another artist to rape girls. Preach. So this system is total hypocrisy. And I'm, so I'm not going to even, that's, that's I'm not speaking about it. I had opportunity in 2009 to be in Chicago and met somebody who knew R. Kelly personally. 2009 and heard a story in 2009 i think at the time there was a lot of things swirling about the tape with the young girl mm-hmm. um and i asked a couple of questions and i said to my friend she knew him personally grew up around him she gave me a story of being in a kitchen with him and he trying to have sexual contact with her her sister Harkel is to fool her party every single year since she's a teenager. I can just assume what that means. And um, when I had a conversation about, she said to me, she's been to his house and she'll see these young girls and you could obviously tell that they, they look like they could be over 18 or over 16, but their immaturity level will tell you that they're not. And when she asked, like, how old are you? they all had fake IDs showing that they were over 18, right? Um, as, is, is it R. Kelly that gave them the fake IDs? Did they go out and get these fake IDs on their own? Um, somebody would have gotten them into that house. Um, so I'm not here to even pick up for R. Kelly, you know? Right, I understand. But I'm just saying... There was obviously... He was close friends with some of the biggest celebrity and court judges out in Chicago and he was allowed to remain his case if you remember the first case took like about eight or so years to go to trial before he was acquitted the first time and during that time he had some of the biggest tours in America and the world <laughs> so somebody yep a white Jewish person was making millions by ensuring that he stayed on the street. So, you know, it's a hypocrisy for me. Yeah. I'm right there with you, and I thank you for uttering my thoughts. I, I can only take a comment in 60 seconds, and then I have to go go right ahead. Well, so I'm, I'm kind of a little bit closer than um, O'Neill in terms of somebody he knows. The young lady who was the star witness, she's also on the tape. She's also in the movie that they made about him. She was my secretary for seven years, right? And I know firsthand all the details that she talks about. And you're right, O'Neill, there's a lot of people who has not been charged because how she got into the web of um, Kelly was a friend brought her there. Someone older brought her to a movie. We lost you there, Andel. I'm sorry, not a movie set. Not a movie set. The person brought her to a video shoot. All right. From that video shoot in Atlanta, the person brought her to Chicago. And so those persons should be actually convicted as well. So I you're agree. so right. Agreed. All right. I do have to end it there. Thank you so much, Andel, and thank you, um, O'Neill. You both have uttered my thoughts exactly. 
Um, I don't need to go on on that one. Just real quick, um, iHeartMedia and Charlemagne the God will team up for the first ever Black Effect Podcast Festival. This event is scheduled to take place on August 28th at the Avant Gardner Brooklyn uh, Mirage iHeart Media confirmed. Charlemagne the God will join the festival that will also include some of the Black Effect's most popular personalities for a day of live podcast tapings and informative discussions. And for those of you who are looking for a reboot of Martin, it's not going to happen. It's unlikely. And this is according to BET's Martin Reunion special premiere. Um, and it's reignited debates among fans as to whether a remake should be explored. Martin Lawrence, the show's star and co-creator, claims that it is unlikely that the same lightning in a bottle will ever strike again. Jimmy Fallon asked Lawrence about the reunion special on Monday night's show. It felt great to see them again and get back together, but that is about it. So don't hold your breath, folks. We're not going to have a reboot of Martin. Just continue watching the old ones, which keep me laughing just the same. moment with me your work is going to fill a large part of your life and the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work and the only way to do great work is to love what you do if you haven't found it yet keep looking don't settle as with all matters of the heart you'll know when you find it and that's according to steve jobs here is tone low to all our listeners who tuned in on Future FM 98.9 in the Bronx, Westchester, and Mount Vernon, and everyone who logged on to QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me, and you were tuned in and listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me 
me on Twitter at me Media Moments on Instagram Moments with Me Media and on YouTube Moments with Me Media. Like, share, subscribe, and turn on your notifications. Always great conversation, shared views, varying opinions, and interesting perspectives. Here's what's coming up later on today on JohnnoRadio.com at 4 p.m. It is DJ Indu with Takeover Thursday, and then later on tonight, DJ Reds presents musical chairs if you have all not already done so please go ahead and download the app j-a-h-k-n-o available in your apple play and google play stores definitely look forward to seeing you all tomorrow morning at 9 a.m eastern right here for coffee and tell I guess we're not supposed to leave each other. The party is to continue, right? <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to Jano Radio. Jano Radio. We are we are we are online twenty four seven. We 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 hope you enjoyed the show. Bye bye.